Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commended you. That you may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. Kids, I want you to read that, and that you study to be quiet. Quietness brings order. Quietness brings peace. Quietness brings a calming feeling. We want to avoid disorder. We want to avoid restlessness. But I look back sometimes and I wonder how my parents did it. I was loud. I was rude. I was I was all over the place as a child. And I, and I often wonder, how did my parents do it? Like, And if you're a parent... Sometimes you just are like, I just want to sit down and have five minutes of quiet. And nothing's wrong other than the fact that you be quiet. Quiet. It brings a sense of peace and in calmness. And here it says, and that you study to be quiet. Um, rioting and all this disorderly conduct, everything that we see happening in our nation, that's not for Christians to do. Not at all. Not at all. And and to redefine the word peaceful <laughs> by some of the unpeaceful and rioting and looting protests going on, it's just it's a redefinition of everything that we know to be orderly and of good conduct. There is a time to be quiet. And the Bible says in the, you study to be quiet. We're going to have to work on it. Sometimes. One of the best lessons a young child can learn is when to zip his lip. Now, uh, I need one of the kids to come up here. Whoever wants to come up, come on up. I need somebody. Josiah, I want you to come up. You're the oldest and boldest. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this to my son. But I, t- I told you what Papa used to do to me, he used to do to us, is he'd take his finger like this. And when we were mouthing, this is my papa. He'd take his middle finger to his thumb like this, and he'd go bang, and he'd ping you right on your lip. <laughs> and uh, it didn't hurt. It was just enough to be like, what? It's just kind of shut you up. <laughs> it was a nonverbal way to say, would you be quiet? You ought not talk like that. I'm not suggesting anybody do that. So if you're watching on Internet land, don't. Go home and flick your kid. Uh, but it worked. <laughs> it worked. There's a time to be quiet. Someone wants to come and in your life, and all they want to do is argue and fight and bicker. Sometimes you just, you just got to be quiet. So you don't say something you ought not say. Study, be quiet, and do your own business. Uh, and this is where we get the phrase after it says, study to be quiet and to do your own business, where we get the phrase, mind your own business. 
uh, Christians can get themselves into a lot of trouble by minding other people's business. We want to, we want to mind our own business. Um, it, it concerns me why someone else is so concerned with someone else. <laughs> if you're not part of the problem, if you're not part of the solution, if you're not in the, in the, in the mix of what's going on, uh, sometimes we just need to leave it alone and mind our own business. Uh, different churches handle things different ways. I believe that if someone's in grave sin publicly, okay, it's addressed publicly. But if something's going on and it's your business, that's your business. It's not my business to bring the church together and have a business meeting and let's vote on this. Well, what we're really doing is just spilling the beans on everybody. That's just my own business. Someone's personal business, let it be their personal business. No reason. It's not a Christian thing to drag people through the mud. Now, if church discipline needs to be exercised or there's grave public sin or I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about stuff that we just need to be quiet, mind our own business, leave alone. Second Thessalonians. Let's go over there. We'll run three verses on uh, on this. The Bible says in Second Thessalonians, verse number uh, chapter number three, verse 11. We hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies, busy bodies. They're busy doing nothing, but walking disorderly, which isn't walking at all. They're just busy bodies. First Timothy chapter five, and let's get first Peter chapter four. First Timothy chapter five. And then first Peter chapter four. First Timothy chapter number five, verse number 13, the Bible says, and with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house and not only idle, but tattlers also in busybodies speaking things which they ought not to. It's a dangerous place, place to be. And it's wrecked a lot of people's lives, reputations. It's split a lot of churches because. One lady leaves church and they go over to the next lady's house and Monday is just a gab fest. And with social media now, it's on social media and the whole thing gets blown out of proportion. And quite honestly, it wasn't anybody's business. Guys do the same thing. Lunch break on Monday. The next thing you know, <laughs> you ought to be careful. You ought to be careful. Busy bodies. First Peter 4. First uh, Peter 4, verse 15, the Bible says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer. Now, that's pretty bad. I bet nobody here murdered anybody. I can almost guarantee none of us here are thieves. Or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. We talked about that before. It's the water cooler talk. It sometimes gets us guys in trouble. And that's in the same list where God says, where God puts a murderer and a thief and an evildoer. And at the end of that list, he groups in, lest you think you're above any of those guys, anybody that's a busybody in other men's matters, pretty strong, stark contrast. Especially when you look at a murderer. All right, so we're back at 1 Thessalonians chapter number four. 
And the next verse, where are we at? It says, and to do your own business and to work with your own hands in verse number 11. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, it says, This we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Now, a good way to start this is when they're early. They're up. They want to have breakfast. Well, not until we feed the sheep. Not until we get cat food for the cat. Not until we grab those chicken eggs. Then we can have some breakfast. A little bit of work is good. Before you eat. It helps get children into this mindset of we contribute, we help out, we work. Moms and dads should teach their kids that the food doesn't just show up on the table. Dad has to go out and work for it. He has to trade his time and be away from the home so that he can earn money, so he can buy food. Those are good things to teach kids. Um, it says, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, if, we're, if you're still in 1 Thessalonians 4, back up to verse number 9. Look at the context. One of the contexts here. Verse number 9 says, but it's touching brotherly love. And then it lists some things that we already preached on. And then it says, and to work with your own hands. I mean, all those things are listed under that. But. Working with your own, it's part of brotherly love. That's what Christians do. It's how we show that we care. We work. We do our own work. Right? First Thessalonians chapter 4, look at verse 12. That ye may walk honestly toward them that, were, that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Now, who's the them that are without? That would be the unbelievers. For yet you were without strength in due time. Christ died for the ungodly. It's them that are without. It's the unbelievers. Uh, it says to walk honestly. The Bible says in Romans 13, 13, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. We don't want to be dishonest men. We don't want to be a cheat. We don't want to be a moocher. We don't want to. Do any of those things. We want to earn an honest living. If you didn't get your stimulus check yet, I'm assuming that you will. And it's just going to appear magically. Nothing was printed. <laughs> like they printed 5,000, 6,000 pieces of paper, right? Which, who read all that? Who wrote all that? And then. All of a sudden, magically, you're just going to open your account and there's going to be a line item. You, you know, no money's printed. It's just there. It's just out of thin air. I want to earn my own money. Now, we got ours. I'm not sending it back. But at the same time, you just got to be careful that, well, wait a minute. I'm having a hard time connecting the dots on all this, quite honestly. How is this going to work long term again? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Ephesians chapter four. Let's get that. Let him that steal, verse 28, Ephesians 4, 28. Let him that stall steal no more, but rather let him labor. Working with his own hands, the things 
the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. Somebody that doesn't work and doesn't labor and comes to the church and says, hey, can you give to me? No. No. Can you vacuum the floor? If you vacuum the floor, I'll pay you for vacuuming the floor. Well, I got to go, preacher. Hmm. Interesting. You don't want to labor, but you want to put a guilt trip on a preacher because he comes to the church and the, and the church, in his mind, is supposed to give him stuff. Doesn't want to contribute. Doesn't want to show up. Don't want to vacuum the floor. Don't want to do anything. He just wants to. He just wants to take. And they do take. That's why the electric thing got stolen. That's why uh, they got in here and they stole my phone. They stole uh, one of the, the, the little piano keyboard from down there. And they steal because they don't want to work. They don't want to labor. Why should we work? Ephesians 4.28. Let him that stole steal no more. And you see that semicolon there? It ties into this next verse where God gives you what you should do. Principle number two, if you're not working, you will end up lazy. And principle number three, if you're not working, you will not end up giving and you will not end up helping others. The people that have money because they've earned it and worked for it, they're the ones that are helping others. And... We used to see the uh, homeless people. When I first started training in jujitsu in 1997, the only place to go was South Philadelphia. And there were only two people that you can train with. They were the only two people that knew it. So uh, my crowding instructor, he picked me up. We'd go over the bridge and we'd park and we'd walk to 7th and Chestnut. We'd have to walk a couple of blocks depending on where we can find parking. And you can't go to that part of Philadelphia and walk to 7th and Chestnut without passing at least one homeless guy or gal. And many times, my instructor was a Christian, so he, he would give him gospel tracts, actually. He would tell him about Jesus when we weren't suppressed for time. And the other thing they had was the food carts. They had the fresh fruit, which was great. Because you get a whole big thing of fruit. And so uh, sometimes we buy those guys some fruit. So we knew that they weren't going to use the money for drugs. And he, you know, he'd give them some food. And uh, I, I remember that because that was inspirational to me. That was There were some seeds planted there back in those early days. But those that work and those that earn, they have money to give. And God wants a cheerful giver. And they have money and they have the means to be able to help others. Now, I'm not saying you create this idea that people are just going to mooch off you. But look, let's face it. If you work and you earn, you can help and you can give. All right, let's go back. we got some more verses we're going to run before we finish up. Let's go uh, over to Proverbs. And let's get chapter number 10. And then let's go to one more book right afterwards, Ecclesiastes 9. If you could get those two passages, Proverbs chapter number 10 and Ecclesiastes 9. We'll do Proverbs 10, verse 4, a simple passage. 
The Bible says he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. There's a lot you can do with young kids to teach them not to do the job with a slack hand. Even if it's just getting out the broom and just sweeping up a little mess. And it's only a 30-second job. And you can take five minutes to teach them not to do it with a slack hand, not to mumble about it, not to grumble about it. God don't want doing stuff with a slack hand. They don't want adults doing stuff with a slack hand. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse number 10, the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 9, 10, Whosoever thy, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy money, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. You're going to do something. Give it all you got. We know, we all know Brother Kelly's a woodworker. You, look, you walk out those front doors, you look to the left, you look to the right, and he made those plans. And they look great because he didn't do it with a slack hand, put time into it. And he comes back and he looks at it and he finds that, well, we still need to do something to it to make sure. And so he does because he don't want to leave the job slack. He wants to do it as diligent as he can do it. And we should do that in no matter what you do. It doesn't matter if it's building planters or sweeping the floor. We do it with all our might. Look at verse 18 in Ecclesiastes 10. But by much slothfulness, the building decayeth. And through idleness of the hand, the house droppeth through. Evolution ain't true. <laughs> it does, you don't just sit by and things get better. No, things are unwinding and getting worse. You don't dust the house. You don't vacuum the floor. You don't do the repairs. One day you're just going to fall right through. All right? The building is going to decay. So we need to work. All right, Colossians. Lord, uh, you got your hand at First Thessalonians, flip back a page or two, and you'll be in Colossians chapter number three. And the Bible says, verse number 22, servants obey in all things your masters, putting the flesh, not by servants and pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not in the men. Well, my boss is this. Well, my boss is that. Well, do it heartily as to the Lord. That'll help you. Whatsoever you do, or in verse number 24, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Now that passage will help us because we are not always going to have, and kids, when you grow up, you're not going to have a boss all the time that is as nice and as patient and as caring as your mom and dad are. He might be mean and nasty and rude. He might pay you on Saturday when he promised to pay you on Friday. Well, that's not right. It isn't right. But if you can do it as unto the Lord and you can serve the Lord, God will bless you. And he'll help you keep your heart right so you don't punch your boss in the neck. You said you're going to pay me Friday. I know I did, but I'm the boss, so I'll pay you Saturday. Stop, isn't it? 
It's tough when you have a, a sinful boss. Somebody's not going to treat you the way that they told you they were going to treat you. If you're serving the Lord, it's just going to help your heart. It's going to help you spiritually. It won't help your situation when you got to pay the light bill on Friday, but it's going to help you spiritually be able to deal with a bad deal. <clears throat> All right, you don't have to turn there, but 1 Timothy 6 says, We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food, food and raiment, let us therewith be content. We have to be careful that we don't get caught up in just gaining temporarily. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has more money than you do. God has more money than I do. I'm going to trust him because his riches have more than this world can offer. Now, a few more things and we'll finish up. How long should we work? Get John 11 and Matthew 20. And as you're turning there, remember Exodus 20 verse 9 says, Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Six days. So how many days? The pattern in Exodus was six days. Six days. John 11 and Matthew 20. John 11 in verse number 9. Uh, Jesus answered John 11 9 are there not 12 hours in the day Exodus 20 says how many days should we work six days what's a day are there not 12 hours in the day so how many hours a day 12 I don't have any money. My boss isn't paying me enough. Okay, how many days you work? Well, only three. Well, you need to get it up to six. I don't know how to do that. You're going to have to apply somewhere else. Well, I work six days. How many hours a day you work? Well, only four. I'm part-time. Well, you got to go find another job and amp that up so you're working 12 hours a day for six days. Now, if you don't have to do that, praise the Lord. But if you don't have money and you're complaining about money, you got to find out how to fill in those other hours in the day. So you're working 12 hours and then back it off as the Lord blesses you and use your time differently. But in the meantime, the pattern is six days, 12 hours, Matthew 20, Matthew 20. Verse number six, Matthew 20, verse six. And here it goes. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, why stand ye here all the day idle? They said to him, because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, go ye also into the vineyard and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. And so this is about working. We see there's the third hour, and then it goes on, the sixth hour, and then we get down to the eleventh hour. We go out and people are idle. Why? Because all those hours could have been used for work. Pattern six days, twelve hours a day. All right, last verse, and we're done.
We'll tie this up how we started it. What do you do if somebody will not work? Second Thessalonians chapter three. Here's what you should do. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. So you tell them what Jesus said. If you don't work, you don't eat. That's my bread. You go in your own bread. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.